You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Central City Citizen, the unofficial The Flash podcast, a poppychularadio.com original series. Poppychula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, October 17th, 2018, and I'm your host, Professor X. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the CW series, The Flash. Please welcome my co-hosts, Brittany Garcia. Hey, everybody. Dan O'Brien. Hello, hello. Jeffrey Aruz. Shway, baby. And Pablo Herrera. Hello, all. Let's jump into our recap of Season 5, Episode 2, which was titled Blocked and aired on October 16th. Here's the official synopsis. Barry struggles to train the overeager Nora, who enlists herself as a CSI intern to spend more time with her father, much to Iris' discomfort, particularly after she and the rest of the team find out that after Barry disappears in the future, he apparently never comes back. Caitlin and Ralph try to help Cisco in the aftermath of his breakup with Gypsy, but we later find out it's not purely altruistic on Caitlin's part. She's trying to put off the decision about whether to track down her seemingly dead father. In the end, Cisco gets his groove back, and Caitlin decides to find out what happened to her dad, only to have a strange vision of her mother falsifying the death certificate. Cecile loses her telepathy and struggles to connect with her child. Fortunately, Joe's superpower of awesome fatherly advice pays off for her and for Barry, who'd been dealing with the overactive and eager-to-please Nora. Meanwhile, a new medic called Block, who can create blocks of dense air, yeah, well, starts robbing from arms dealers, and while they're trying to stop her, the team has their first encounter with Cicada, the masked man who killed Gridlock. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 5, Episode 2. The episode was viewed by 1.64 million total viewers and had a 0.6 in the demo rating. That is down sharply from last week's season premiere, and it's the series' lowest ever rating, and it ties its lowest in the demo. So, what was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? Brittany, let's start with you. Okay, I really liked it. I think it was um, a nice follow-up to a really fantastic premiere. I we, we got more of what, I would say for myself, what I wanted for Nora and Barry. Um, we saw a little bit of awkwardness in the premiere, but here we finally got the actual bonding, and they're like on the same page. A little bit of like... Um, kookiness going on between the two of them she's just like she literally is his assistant by the way but i just i loved all of that in this episode and i also really liked both of the storylines that um were also in here with uh, cecile and her powers and cisco going through his breakup um i don't remember if last season that was a thing that we talked about if we liked it or not because the breakup seemed really quickly and we didn't have time to deal with that Especially since Gypsy was around a lot, I was kind of like, "Why isn't Cisco? Or why do why why don't we see like the aftermath?" But we didn't have time 
obviously the last four episodes are always really action packed. So I liked what Cisco was going through this uh, in this episode, and I also liked that it partnered with Caitlyn and her own issues of what's going on with her storyline. So everything in this episode, I really, really liked. Dan, what's your reaction to the episode? I, I, I gotta admit, I found it really average. I, I'm a little concerned about this uh, kind of like bad guy of the week idea that's going to be smuggled into every episode because they don't want to run at Cicada right away. Uh, it was really forgettable. That, that storyline for me was not particularly interesting. I continue to love Nora, of course. I like their interplay. I like that they... And Cicada was awesome, but I... Not not my favorite episode, by any stretch of the imagination. Pablo, what were your thoughts on the episode? Well, I have to agree with, with Dan and Brittany on the whole Barry-Nora arc is really, you know, really interesting. Um, the little Irish cold shoulder kind of a thing is still going on. She's kind of figuring out why, you know, Nora's giving her the cold shoulder. Um, the Caitlin arc, I mean, it's self-explanatory. We're going to find out who her, her dad is hopefully very soon. But, yeah, overall, a good episode. And, Jeff, what were your thoughts on the episode? Okay. Um, we veered off into negative territory. I'm going to get us back on the hype train. I really liked it. Yeah, the meta of the week was meh. But Professor X agrees, because uh, I heard him uh, speak disparagingly about it when he was reading the recap of the episode. But everything else was really good. I loved uh, every single character interaction. All the other storylines were really interesting. And even though we had a meh meta, it did uh, bring our team together. It had it uh, allowed for some really interesting father-daughter dynamics. And I am loving Cicada, uh, even though we're getting just teeny tiny little morsels of this character I, i'm finding him very fascinating so kudos all around uh yes that uh, i agree with everyone about uh uh block being underwhelming or if you will putting the meh in meta but before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of the flash here's our announcer with a few special announcements binge listen to your favorite poppy chula radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement.
poppychuloradio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit gofundme.com slash poppychuloradio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. The episode starts a bit unusually as we get a look at our big bad, or should I say bug bad, Cicada. Uh, we see him as a seemingly ordinary guy working a 9-to-5 job while remembering how he killed Gridlock in the last episode. So, um, uh, Jeff mentioned this, uh, you know, talking about uh, getting the dribs and drabs about Cicada. So let's start with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on introducing Cicada in this way? I thought it was an interesting choice. And I think what they're trying to do with it, uh, without really getting into the later on, they're trying to sort of uh, humanize him and make him sympathetic. And even though we didn't get a lot of information, I feel like we we have just enough, especially for it being uh, just episode two, and, and all we saw of him was very at the tail end of the first episode. So... It's keeping him kind of mysterious, and uh, I like it. You know, well, it's kind of like the complete opposite of last year. Even though we didn't really get uh, the Thinker's uh, um, entire plan from the beginning, like we saw a lot of the Thinker in the first episode. So it's kind of different. It's kind of interesting that they are going sort of like the, the completely polar opposite this time around. And I think if you look back uh, at the Flash as a whole, they've tended to do that. Uh, you know, sort of, you know, teasing, teasing, teasing uh, about the villain, uh, you know, uh, whether it's in terms of the plan. Here, we're meeting him, you know, we met him in the first episode, now we're getting, you know, maybe not backstory, but we're getting exposed to him early on. So my question is, uh, let's, uh, we'll take this one to Dan. Do you think seeing Cicada in this light, rather than making him the more mysterious, traditional big bad figure, uh, will change how we see him as a villain? I think it has to, and obviously it's a, it's a narrative choice and, and a writing choice that they're doing that, because as you know, Jeffrey said, it's about humanizing him, because I imagine as he racks up a body count and becomes this meta-serial killer of a sort, it's going to be difficult to see him as anything other than evil. So seeing him as kind of a, you know, a blue-collar type of villain, the thinker was kind of a, almost an academic villain in a lot of ways because he was a professor to start with and then you know he kind of the whole enlightenment idea you know kind of brought brought that home but this is a more blue collar idea I, I know that cicada from the comics is about metas causing you know all the pain in his life and he's kind of you know delivering it back in some way to, to punish them for the pain but but i thought i thought it was interesting I, i'm i'm big in cicada i i wasn't huge on what they did with the thinker in the later half of the season so i'm i'm interested to see if they can have a for lack of a better term, more grounded villain, um, or uh, uh, kind of going forward. Uh, I just want to back up uh, a little bit uh, in your answer. So you're saying all professors are villains? <laughs> for the most part. For the okay, most shut part. off his microphone. <laughs> Moving on, I hear uh, Brittany giggling there. So let's go back to Team Flash. Uh, Barry and Nora quickly come clean about Nora's lie to stay in the past. And even though Nora tells them all that Barry disappears and stays gone, Iris steps up to say they've changed the future in the past. They'll just have to do it again. Uh, Brittany, I know you love it when uh, characters on the DCTV keep secrets from each other. So what did you think about uh, 
this uh, this you know sort of more radical openness that we haven't tended to see in these shows. And what did you think about Iris uh, in this episode in general? Oh man, like hallelujah, writers! Thank God you're learning from your mistakes and Arrow's mistakes and other mistakes from Supergirl. You know, I'm just glad that they cleared up cleared it up in this episode um, right off the bat at the beginning and. Um, I just loved it. I loved all of it. Everything's out in the open. Everyone knows what's going on. And now, with the way Iris um, stood up about it, I mean, she, I think, has, like, the most credit uh, out of every, out of everyone there to say something. Because season three was all about her fixed future and dying. And that no matter what they were going to do, she was going to die. And they changed that. They found a loophole. There are loopholes everywhere. And I feel like, from her experience, she has a right to feel that this isn't gonna be the future for them and i am totally on with her also if you know they do change the future which i think they will i'm still interested on how we get there or why it got there so this doesn't make um the storyline like boring for me or like oh really they're gonna be heroes at the end because they always will be good but the road there the journey there is still what's going to keep me interested so i want to know what they're going to change and what will stay the same so um that I totally loved, and I'm totally here for Iris and stuff. And I know people had a problem with her last season being the leader of the team and blah, blah. But it's really just the time jumps. Just because we don't get to see her um, learn this stuff doesn't mean that she doesn't know it after, like, months of, you know, being under Cisco or being under Caitlyn and learning a bit of the computer tricks. So, but that being said, I'm totally glad they're giving her her reporter status. We saw it in this episode. She's asking the right questions. She's following her own leads. And then everyone just gets together and just talks about the things that they found together. So I just, I loved all of that. I am totally here for Iris this season. And in terms of her and Nora, I'm still interested to see why she has a bit of a cold shoulder. Because I refuse to believe that just because she was with her mother this entire time, she's bored of her. Or she just doesn't want to, she just wants more time with Barry. I have to assume there is something there that's a little bit wonky like did, is iris cold in the future and now nora doesn't want to be around her or like what's going on there i think there's a little bit more and i want to see that explored uh and answered in this season maybe preferably in the next couple episodes so iris was just great in this episode i really loved it uh did anyone else have any thoughts on uh sort of abandoning the traditional arrowverse policy of keeping everything a secret for half the season uh and also uh the way iris was portrayed in the episode she was a badass. I just had to say that. I just loved everything about her in, in regards to uh, the journalism. It was just fantastic. Kudos to Iris. I loved the change also. I was really surprised that everybody knew everything from the beginning. And I loved Iris's sort of resolve uh, of like, you know, we've done this. We can do it. And it doesn't matter. And um, just to... Not to answer you, Brittany, because I don't know if this is the truth. I feel like it could just simply be that Iris really didn't want her to do any of this. Maybe Iris didn't want her to be a superhero. Uh, she didn't want her to be a speedster and, and all this kind of stuff. And maybe she has that sort of guilt uh, whenever she sees Iris. Of um, Oh, yeah, that could be it. That's, yeah. that's actually what we were thinking about last season, right? That, like... You know, Iris would be mad at her, so she's just kind of avoiding her or something. I mean, I don't know. But I just want to know what that is, because I'm sure it's something. And it might be that, clearly. Well, we don't have a lot of secrets left, so let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, see how long it takes that is to true. get to that one. Uh, 
Uh, Barry and Nora race off to fight the Manta of the Week block, and Nora once again gets in the way, forcing Barry to save her. Uh, Pablo, this was dangerously close to what Nora did last week. How do you feel about how they're portraying Excess as a hero, at least in the first half of the episode? I think they're they're, they're trying to kind of like push her on us. I, I mean, you know, but then again, she is acting a lot like Barry did on season one. Like, she's trying to, I guess, impress Barry so much that she, you know, inadvertently, she, she goes ahead and gets in the way. Um, but I think it's her eagerness to want to, you know, show off to her dad that's getting her in, into more trouble than it is, you know, helping him. But uh, I guess she's okay, I mean, for right now. But if she continues to be like this throughout the whole season, I don't know. Hater. And I think, yeah, I think <laughs> we did get a sense that... Uh, uh, that she she is growing uh, a little bit, but I, I did like the idea that and, you know, uh, you know it, it's easy for us to forget. But but Neri was pretty cocky and uh, and prone to making mistakes early on as well. Uh, he wasn't uh, always the the polished hero uh, that we see him as today, or that you know becomes the uh, the hero of the Flash Museum in the future. So I thought that was uh, cool. Um, Barry decides to go old school in the training after Nora screws up, having Nora hit the books. But she races off to try to impress him and ends up throwing lightning at him and actually hits him. So how are you guys feeling about the Nora-Barry dynamic in general before Barry's talk with Joe? Dan, what did you think about how they were getting along before Barry had his significant heart-to-heart? It it felt pretty honest and pretty authentic. I mean, this is... Barry's really special to her, and Barry hasn't been a dad yet. So those kind of interactions are kind of be expected. The kids always fall down, and uh, and you spend a lot of time trying to trying to fix yourself and seal yourself against it. So I, I suppose in a lot of ways it's just the hard knocks of parenting for Barry. So I I, I kind of liked it. I mean I agree uh, with Pablo that you know Nora is acting very much like Barry in the first season, kind of a, a lovable uh, you know goof in the sense that he's you know he screwed up a lot and she's kind of screwed up a lot. Uh, but no, I, I like it. I, I it's the, for me right now. It's the only thing that's really working, other than Cicada. Uh, now, before we get to Joe, DA Cecile Horton is losing her telepathy, uh, and she's really feeling a loss. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting about this was it's not like the usual hero losing the power because oh, I'm no longer special or uh, I can no longer be a hero. In her case, it's because she's always had this psychic bond to her new baby, and now she's losing that. And she's having to deal with that sense of loss, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, Brittany, you're the most maternal way to second. Jeffrey, uh, what did you think about introducing uh, that element into Cecile's worry? D.A. Cecile Horton, the feels with this storyline, I just, I loved it. Uh, you know, because we, we sort of um, were under the impression that her powers were here to stay. And then all of a sudden, now she's losing her powers. And it was very interesting getting the, um, getting her opinion and and her thoughts on losing her powers because as you mentioned you know she wasn't born with them she didn't acquire them she hasn't had them for a long time but she was using them to bond with uh, her newborn child and uh, seeing her express herself in that way I I really liked it I mean it made sense you know she hasn't had a kid in a long time I was I was hoping that Joe would also be like, I haven't had a kid in a long time either. Like, I don't know what I'm doing either. But uh, it was nice that they allowed her to have her moment. And um, and then, you know, she ends up eavesdropping on uh, what Joe is telling Barry. And, and it was just a wonderful moment for both of them. And I feel like uh, 
Joe's words, like helped her, helped basically um, reassure her that it's going to be okay, which I liked. Although I, I kind of liked that she had powers, to be quite honest. Uh, I'm, we never know. I mean, they could come back, right? Very um, true. Now, playing off what you were just uh, saying, eventually Joe is able to talk down both Barry and Cecile, um, even though he doesn't know he's talking to Cecile. He tells Barry that Nora's just trying to impress her father because he's been presented as a larger-than-life character for her whole life. All Barry has to do, Joe tells him, is show Nora he loves her because, quote, that's what parents do. Not only does that piece of advice work for Barry, but Cecile realizes the advice applies to her as well. Uh, Brittany, what did you think about uh, the way the Joe did not have a lot of screen time in this episode, and he spent most of it sitting in the same chair. But what did you think about how they used Joe in this episode? Oh, my God. Like, I guess this, I'm already going to spoil everything, but Joe for MVP. Like, sometimes <gasps> they just need to talk to people and like just get a second opinion and joe is the wise guy he has everything i feel like we don't have very many dads left in the arrowverse i mean rip lance uh, rip spoilers i mean just it's and this is who joe west is at his core he's there for everyone else and it's it comes naturally to him and i love this because the the conversation with barry starts off with uh um saying uh, about his uh what was it the the science project or something like that and i i thought we were going in the direction of kids disobeying their parents like no matter what you know when you're a kid when you're a team or, or what have you but mm-hmm. it, yeah, tur- me too. it turned yeah that's where i thought it was going because that's what barry was ranting about like every time i tell her to do something she does the opposite and blah, blah and i thought we were gonna go in that like simple direction but joe gives it the edge and it made more sense when he was getting towards the end where it was like well um uh and barry kind of says it himself like i just wanted to impress you you know i I, you adopted me that year and this and that and i was like oh my god the flash is going so deep and i totally was there for it It was just really really beautiful and i think cecile needed to hear that too um even if he wasn't talking to her it was kind of for her too and it was just amazing. And I and I don't know what they're doing with Joe this season, but all he wanted to do was take naps and be on the couch at the lounge. And now he's on the couch at his house. I think it's just like the newborn fever thing going on. Like he's just exhausted, but he's still there to give the advice. And I just, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Uh, and of course it works because uh, Barry takes that advice and, uh, you know, uh, uses that just as uh, Cecile uses it. To, uh, to go up and, and take care of the baby. Um, but while Barry and Nora are bonding and Caitlin, Sisko, and Ralph are providing the comic relief, don't worry, we'll get to it, uh, we get to see Iris West, investigative reporter, at work. Uh, Dan, how'd you feel about, we talked earlier about Iris uh, in general in this episode, how'd you feel about Iris reestablishing her journalism bona fides and seeing her at work? It was great to see it again, honestly. I always felt like they tried to push her into other roles to fit the team and she really operated best as investigative reporter. And it, it was nice to see her kind of go back to that, and that the guard recognized her name from the blog and that he read the blog. And we kind of reestablished that her writing voice and her you know, reporting skills are uh, as much of a strength as anything else on the show. So I, I liked it. I, I was happy to see it back in full force. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, they had a couple of nice little elements there. One, you know, uh, Captain Singh saying to her, well, because it's you, I'll talk to you. Now, that could have been because she's, you know, uh, Barry's wife, but then having, you know, the other police officer saying, yeah, I read your blog. Uh, You know, it's just subtle things like that, establishing that she's not a dilettante or anything like that, because, you know, she is technically a blogger. 
rather than no offense to blockers out there, but I'm just saying <laughs> that you know traditionally you know they they have not been uh, regarded in the in the same light as the uh, the conventional media. So yeah, like you, I like seeing Iris back at work. Uh, I did find it a bit questionable that uh, she was you know basically breaking into the uh, departmental records using uh, Barry's computer. That seemed a little. Uh, dodgy to me but uh hey if it uh, advances the plot i suppose it advances the plot um oh, i thought that anyway. was her father's computer it could no, have been was, barry's uh, no that was barry's because she asked him can i use your lab she did not say can i use your computer uh, okay, to hack okay. into yes, the uh the cctv uh, although it was uh, a neat touch is that uh, the same picture was on barry's desk as was uh, in joe's house of uh joe with uh uh barry and iris when they were younger so that same picture was there, which is, was a very a nice, nice touch. little touch. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, while Iris is committing a flagrantly illegal act, she hears a weird noise from one of the body cams of the cops who Cicada overpowered. Then, uh, later on, after Nora takes care of Block, Team Flash hears that same sound as Cicada returns. Uh, Cicada uses his weird lightning bolt thingy to strip Team Flash of their powers and makes pretty short work of them. But then Nora comes back, sees Flash about to die, and calls out to him, Dad. Cicada looks up at her like he recognizes her or he's shocked or something, but he doesn't kill Barry, and he was clearly going to. So, open question to the team, what's up with that scene? I believe that travel. Oh, <laughs> we're all saying the same thing, or maybe. Um, yeah. But I'm talking now, so y'all <laughs> now have to just co-sign. Um, I think the the familial connection uh, is what stopped him. I don't necessarily think it's that he recognized her. Based on what I've read, like the little teeny tiny bit that I've read about him in regards to the comics, I believe he lost his family because of metas or something like that. So if that's something that they are adapting on the show, which let's be real, they don't necessarily take uh, like everything from the comics and, and uh, you know, include it in a villain storyline. But if let's say he lost his children, the fact that she screamed dad probably triggered something in him. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're seeing his day to day life to kind of empathize and sympathize with him. I think making him a um, villain, I don't necessarily want to say with the heart, but uh, that, that can empathize will make him kind of interesting versus just making him like kind of like a stone cold killer so i think whatever loss he has uh, experienced probably because of metas it triggered when she said dad that's what i think anyone want to disagree i thought i heard the words time travel being muttered uh in the background as jeff was talking yeah that was me um i i worried because Nora seemed as there was recognition in his meta name when she said Cicada. It was like this, and that could just be her remembering from the Flash Museum. It doesn't necessarily mean that he was a villain in her time. It just, I worried a little bit because it's Flash that we're just going to throw some time travel in the mini-verse into everything. So I, <laughs> it was more of a joke than an actual theory. Well, and but I mean, it, it is possible. I mean, he seems to have something that's, you know, just by the structure of it seems to be tied to the Flash. Uh, time travel with this show is certainly not outside the realm of possibility. Um, Can I say that I like his weapon? Because, like, we kind of slightly bitched and complained about the fact that the meta, not the meta, the big bad has to be like a speedster. You know, it's speedster against speedster. Can the average person... Um, 
you know, compete with the Flash when the Flash can take him out in a Flash. I like that this person can strip them of their powers, and so it's just hand-to-hand -hand combat. I thought that was really interesting and a nice Which twist. Which apparently none of them know. I know, right? <laughs> they all got their asses handed like, to them. He needs to call Oliver, but then he's he's in prison, so never mind. But they need some help with some hand to hand. Just saying, my boy. They can call Crazy Dog. Well, I think they're yeah, good point. I think that's that's definitely a valid point. You know, I think when you have the uh, uh, the super powered uh, beings, they become so reliant or so uh, expecting those powers to be there that when they're stripped of them, it does leave them. You know, uh, none of them handle themselves particularly well in that fight, and you know, it might be something that you know by the end of the episode, it looked like they were getting their powers back. So it's not like a long term uh, stripping away of the powers thing, but you know, it, it is the sort of thing where. If I were Barry, or if I were Cisco, or if I were Ralph, maybe not if I were Ralph, uh, I would be thinking, hmm, I should probably get some Kung Fu training. Um, but let's loop back to the B story, mentioning uh, Cisco and Ralph. Uh, Cisco's not getting over Gypsy, and it's harder than the usual breakup, because he can literally sense her presence every time he vibes. They're connected in some way. Fortunately, Ralph has plenty of experience being dumped, and he introduces Cisco to the Book of Ralph to help him get over it. Uh, Pablo, what did you think about the B story and the dynamic between Cisco, Caitlin, and Ralph in the episode? I I really liked it. I mean, it, it was, I mean, it was kind of out there, but ultimately, I, I did like the connection that you know Ralph was trying to build with Cisco, and Cisco kind of you know saying, you know what, I don't need your help. I I, I don't want to do this. But then towards the end, he kind of you know went with it, and you know, as far as Caitlin. I mean, she's so, like, open at first about finding out about, about you know, what happened to her dad. Then she kind of shuts down and has wants nothing to do with it, but wants to try to help Cisco. And then when Cisco's all like, you know what, I can do this for you, she tells him no to drop it, leave it alone, because she's afraid of being rejected by her father. I mean, it was a very touching, you know, kind of plot there. But ultimately, I mean... Come on, you know, she, we have to find out who he is. I mean, I want to know who he is. Uh, Brittany, you've been uh, notoriously slow to uh, to warm up to Ralph. Uh, what do you think about him after seeing that, you know, he likes watching beaches and painting his toenails in pastel colors? What did you think of Ralph in this episode? I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> I'm... I'm I think just for this season, they're just going to give Ralph, uh, or they're going to continue to have Ralph grow up a little bit. And he's he's been he's been fine. The the premiere, he was fine, cracking some jokes. And uh, in here, he genuinely wanted to help uh, his friends. And, not, and I say that because first it was Caitlyn and now it's Cisco. And they're really trying to get um, these three to bond uh, on the side. Because uh, there's a lot going on this season. And I'm totally, I'm totally okay with that. And I'm... I'm tolerant of Ralph now. He's fine. He hasn't done anything to make me, like, roll my eyes or make me wish him death like I did last season or keep him dead. Um, it's been fine. So I am not here to try and find any faults in what he's doing. He's fine, and I'm proud of him. So there you go. Yeah, and while toleration may not seem all that much, compared to last season, this is a huge step forward. It is. Character uh, growth. Are, I'm growing yeah. with him. <laughs> yes. We are, we are well, also moving from I want him dead and stretched out to... <laughs> I can tolerate him in the episode. I also think the general climate, like, things have changed so much just in the uh -huh. world, especially with Me Too. I kind of think that the writers can't go back to, like, the creepy, misogynistic um, 
Ralph. At least, you know, please don't prove me wrong, writers. But I feel like they can't. They need to continue him, like, on this path of um, maturity. Because uh, if he starts going into, like, the skeevy route, it just... Like, why would you... Like, you can't flip-flop with him like they did in particular like the second half of last season where like one episode he would be very mature and then all of a sudden the next episode he's kind of a perv again uh speaking of that fun fact today i was wearing a pepe le pew cartoon tie and i realized at one point wait a minute i'm wearing a sexual predator tie oh gosh because <laughs> if you think <laughs> about it and the students I told that to had their minds blown. Oh, my God, you've ruined my childhood. Uh, and this was, of course, the day when uh, when Big Bird uh, announced his retirement, Carol Spinney. Uh, yes. So, I mean, a bad day for my students all around. Um, and you love you some but, Big Bird. Uh, hmm? You love you some Big Bird. I love me some Big Bird. I, uh, I got to see Carol Spinney on the weekend. Um, and I also want a little, uh, couple of little shout-outs to Ralph. Um, you know, he had uh, a couple of the funniest lines in the episode. Uh, where he was uh, talking to Cisco, and, and Cisco was basically telling him to bug off by doing Cisco's not here, leave a message. And Ralph played it totally straight, leaving the message, which I thought was oh, yeah, very yeah. well done. And also the line when there, when no one can snap Cisco out of it, Ralph just leans in and says, Han shot second, and snaps him instantly. Um, so I like that, and I really do like the dynamic that's developing between uh, between uh, Cisco and Ralph. And I think it's necessary because as Barry is spending more time with Nora, uh, you know, Cisco can't be there to be the comic foil to him in quite the same way. So this is giving us more time with Cisco, even as it's giving us more time with Ralph. So I like that they're developing this. I think the two of them playing off each other in a comic way could be very, very effective uh, going forward. And I hope it's not uh, a short-term thing. I hope that they continue this. Um, towards the end of the episode, we also find out that even though Ralph has shown Caitlin her father, uh, his death certificate was faked, Caitlin is reluctant to track him down. Uh, so, Dan, what did you think about um, her reluctance, and what did you think about Daniel Panabaker's performance uh, and uh, uh, Caitlin's motivation to not want to find out uh, the truth about her father? It felt honest. I mean, I, I, the misdirection and the purposeful you know, pushing toward making Cisco feel better, you know, that, that all felt pretty authentic to a, a character that never had her dad in her life, really, and, and now kind of has this information in front of her, doesn't really know what to do with it. Um, I, I think it's interesting that they're kind of letting the knowledge about her dad kind of drip out slowly because the, uh, the the coroner's name on, on the death certificate is the alias of another, I don't know, ice-powered villain in, D, in, in DC Comics. So I'm curious if, if that's the route they're going to end up going, that the person who forged it is actually her dad, and her dad is a, I don't know, a, not a meta-villain necessarily, I suppose, because this is all pre um, you know, accident, but it, it, it's curious that they're they're kind of stretching up. I like it. I mean, I've always liked uh, Daniel Pennebaker, and I'd, I I continue to. <laughs> we saw who forged it. That's true, huh? Yeah, because it was her mom. That's yeah, we that's did. Yeah, but that's a good point. But uh, maybe she knows. Maybe she knew whose name she chose. Maybe it was on purpose. Uh, so it's it, your theory can still be true, but maybe we did so, see the, yeah. that the mom signed it. That's true. Yeah, we did see in the vibe. That, that's a good point. A thought that occurs to me as uh, as Dan was talking about uh, the idea of Caitlin growing up without a father. Uh, Nora also grew up without a father. So here's what I'm thinking. Sometime in the future, mm. Barry travels back in the past, uh, impregnates Caitlin's mother, oh, abandons gosh. her, and he's just running through time as sort of a serial deadbeat dad uh, throughout the universe. 
that makes their season one little sexy moment very creepy. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, before we move on to the MVP, oh section, my is there gosh. anything else in the episode anyone wanted to spotlight? Um, what well, we didn't talk about her because she kind of sucked. I will say, just to give her a little bit of propage, I did like the effect that they used for Block. Like, I thought it that was kind of neat. She was her just... Powers, yeah, like... oh, well, not necessarily the powers. I like the, the, the visual effect. I thought I it was kind of neat. Cosine. Yeah, but, like, she was just hella boring. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we... Ugh, not every meta can be a uh, home run. She was, like... I mean, she she turns a human body into a block of, like, ground beef. Like I that, know. That scene with Nora touching it, and they're like, ew. <laughs> it was just, it was I, I, know, I was like, really? You're gonna, like, touch that? Like, ugh. ugh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not every uh, meta deserves to make it to the rogues gallery. Yeah. Um, but with that, uh, let's. Uh, and no, I agree. Block was, you know, a forgettable meta. I mean, she was there just to be there. Uh, I wasn't terribly impressed by her power. I mean, I thought it looked okay, but you know, uh, the way that the actress who was playing her was like, you know, grunting and stuff when she was moving her hands, as if she was physically trying to force them down. It just struck me as uh, uh, as badly played out. Also, was she a meta before she went to prison? Did she develop meta abilities in prison? Um, who if cares? so, are they breeding new metas? I don't know. They're, yes, they're uh, breeding blocks. Um, <laughs> there's a Tetris joke just fighting somewhere in the uh, in the back of my mind, but the pieces won't come together. So it's time for MVP, oh. the most valuable player. Which character impressed you the most in this episode and why? The rules are simple. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. If someone's already mentioned the character you were going to choose, you must select a different one. And since I already know who Brittany's going to choose, I'm going to choose Jeff first. <laughs> oh, Brittany, you can keep yours, although it's a good choice. I'm going to go with uh, his scene partner, Danielle Nicolette. Uh, Twin D Yes. D.A. Cecile Horton. I loved D.A. Cecile Horton throughout the entire episode. Kind of, um, I guess maybe a little bit of a callback of my MVP last week. I love seeing the emotion that was played. I love seeing sort of like, uh, you know, uh, D.A. Cecile Horton really uh, coming to grips with the fact that, you know, maybe she no longer has this connection with her a new child. I loved uh, how uh, that scene was acted by her when um, she was listening to to Joe give the advice to Barry. And I loved that little moment, you know, where she goes, you know, thank you. And he's like, I have no idea what I did, but I'll take it. So I loved everything D.A. Cecile Horton in this episode. Pablo, who is your MVP and why? Hmm. I have to go with Iris just because... You know, she really was out there in this episode. I mean, she was so strong-minded. I mean, even after she heard, you know, that Barry's still missing, she's still like, no, we can change it. We can do this. She was she was very motivating to everybody this episode. And, yeah, she's my MVP. Dan, I'm giving you the opportunity to choose an MVP, and we all know who Brittany's MVP is. So <laughs> oh this is your chance God. to <laughs> Skype in there and... Uh, and grab this one, Dan. Who is your MVP and why? This will define I'm gonna, our friendship. I'm going to go with Cicada. I, I'm going to let Brittany have hers. Um, largely, and he was my he was my first on the list, anyways. But it's because he's doing so much with so little. Chris Klein had what seven words to say the entire episode, and they bookended his performance for the episode and an otherwise you know largely forgettable episode. 
So for me, he was the MVP for uh, for Blocked, the aptly named Blocked. Well, as no one else has the guts to do it, I'm going to step in and do my MVP pick now, and I'm going to choose Ralph. Uh, I thought Ralph didn't have a lot to play with, but I think uh, you know he was really funny. Um, and in an episode where uh, where Cisco couldn't carry the uh, the humor like he ordinarily would because he was heartbroken and a little catatonic, uh, I thought Ralph stepped up really well. And as I say, I think that he and Cisco are developing a really good relationship, a great vibe, if you will. And oh. uh, I really hope that uh, that they continue playing that. Uh, Brittany, who by chance might your MVP be? Oh, I totally. I totally love this. Um, you all are great. Um, yeah, I'm y'all are go gutless with... cowards. <laughs> you could have done it too. But oh, I'm I'm, I'm a coward too. I was including myself in the gutless cowards there. Okay. I'm a nice uh, person. Okay, but you know what the funny thing is? I did say that Joe is MVP, but he's actually not my first one. Oh, so I played you all. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> actually, my my. She was eleven steps ahead. I really was, but Joe was my second in case anyone took my first. But um, I'm gonna go with what with uh, my MVP from also the premiere. I it, I'm gonna go with Nora. I know I didn't really talk about her too much. I had everyone else. I had to give everyone else compliments, but I still enjoyed Nora in this episode because I just I'm really loving the actress, guys. I just love what what she's doing with the character, and I just I find her so adorable and cute, and I just I. I love to watch her on my screen. I love to see, um, I like to see how clingy she is to Barry and how she also has a lot of, uh, a lot of knowledge from the future and then she tries to apply it here and her shway, um, and her heart to hearts with Barry in this episode. Like, you know what? I want to impress you and I'm sorry I didn't listen to you and I hope I can do better. And I, that's the type of stuff I just want to see throughout this season. I wanted, I want the writers to utilize Nora, um, both individually and as a daughter, you know, so, and we're getting that in just these last two episodes, and I'm totally here for it, and I promise next week I'll try to choose someone else, but we'll see. <laughs> wow, that was like a mindfuck, like Inception-level shit, like, I feel like oh, that I'm, I'm meme... Thinking, this is the end of The Usual Suspects, and Brittany's walking around the corner, losing her limp, getting into a, a stretch limo. Uh, oh That's my god. Cra- I'm like that I've meme of that lady looking confused with all the equations around her right now, like, that was, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> well, while we all scramble to uh, to figure out how we've been played so uh, so cunningly, uh, let's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 lightning bolts? The point system is allowed. Uh, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the Star Labs Museum. Uh, Brittany, uh, I don't know whether to let you go first because you might be playing mind games with us. <laughs> um, or to save you for the... I, I just don't know what to do. I'm, I'm paralyzed. I'm like... Cisco, I'm I'm catatonic. I'm just I'm just waiting for someone to step in with the Han shot second joke. Han so we shot can second. On. Oh, thank God. Uh, Jeff, what would you rate the episode? Alrighty, so we are gonna start high. I'm gonna give it a nine and a half. I really liked it, and the nine and a half is not at all for the blockhead. It's for everything else. Uh, I thought all of the storylines were firing on all cylinders. I love seeing the various interactions, the various different pair-ups or trios that we saw. I loved all the heart-to-heart talks, and I'm really digging what they're doing with Cicada. It was just uh, fantastic. And also, uh, the fact that um, Iris like really got her own storyline in this episode, and it was an incredibly strong one. I just really dug it. I liked this episode a lot, and um, I'm saying this you know, 
on top of the fact that it was just a horrible metahuman of the week. Everything else was just so strong that uh, I'm totally forgetting the blockhead, and I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Uh, I'm realizing in retrospect I should probably have started with Dan. Dan, how would you rate this episode? <laughs> yeah, we're going down now. <laughs> yeah, you're, you really should have because it would yeah it would have gone the right direction uh, appropriately. I mean, I suppose normally I say there's addition by subtraction, but this was subtraction by addition. Putting in a meta that's forgettable to me feels like a trend, and I'm not excited about that trend. I, I, I agree, with Jeffrey. Everything else worked. I love the good guys, but part of what makes the good guys great is uh, is antagonists. And while Cicada was awesome. Blocked was terrible, so I'm going to give it a 7. Not terrible. I mean, still a good episode, but but certainly not near the top. Pablo, what is your rating? Wow. I, I don't know. I mean, Jeff gave it a 9.5. Dan gave it a 7. I think I'll meet them in the middle, and I'll give it a 8.5. Just for the fact that everything worked good. I mean, the meta of the week wasn't really a meta of the week, because it that plot didn't really work out, um, but everything else, you know, it, it stuck, it clicked. I mean, I guess they're pushing more of the Norm Barry angle of that than the metals, I guess. I mean, they're trying to introduce the Kata, but I, I mean, I, I just give it an 8.5. Uh, Brittany, what's your rating? Have you manipulated us all into doing exactly what you expected, and now it's all going to play out just like you want? Probably. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, everyone has their, you know, own opinions and stuff. But usually, me and Jeffrey are on the same page. And this time, it's no different. I'm giving it a 9.5 as well. Um, my thing with the Flash is like, yes, I love all. I love the villains. I need. I need some action in there. But if all the other stuff, like the the relationships, like really shine in the episode, sometimes I can overlook the bad parts and. If I want to rewatch this episode again, that's also what I add to my rating. So I got all of that in this episode. I loved everything. I didn't even mind Ralph. You know, Ralph is just gonna probably get better if they continue writing him like this. It, uh, the Flash, the Flash, in these episodes are gonna have really high ratings for me. Um, but I just really liked it, and um, so nine point five for me. You hear that? The Flash is dependent on how they write Ralph for uh, for Britney's <laughs> ratings going forward. We have a record of it, so keep that in mind as we go ahead. Uh, I'm going to give it a 9. I really, really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I, I do agree that the, the meta really dragged it down. Um, I don't want it to drag it down too much because I, I love the character stuff. I love the Cecile stuff. I love the Iris stuff. Uh, I love the relationship between uh, uh, Nora and Barry. And you know what? 9.5 because uh, apparently I have a spine made of jello. Nice. Join us next time for a brand new installment of the Central City Citizen. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Central City Citizen. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com.
Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for the Central City Citizen and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a good night. Good night, everyone. Good night, Central good night. City. I love that Professor X's team veterans. It's like the veterans against the newbies. Oh my god, you're right. Ah, they'll learn. OTA versus... I'm just kidding. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh my god, that that's true. So you would be uh, Felicity. Yeah. Um, I'd be Diggle because, you know, I'm, you know, just I'm obviously a Diggle. Uh, but anyway, I believe we've gone a bit off topic here. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of The Central City Citizen every Thursday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio Archives. Good night.